Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Neonic Void Productions presents... Hello, and welcome to Tea of the Gods. I don't know what the intro is today, but we're going to roll with it. I am one of your hosts, Zio, and today I'm joined with the one, the only, the person that does this for free. The housekeeper. Hello. Shlamon. Shlamon. So before we get into today's episode... Someone, housekeeper, take it away. If you like this podcast, make sure you follow and rate us on whatever site you listen to your podcast. Share with your friends. New episodes get uploaded every Friday. Links are down in the description for other podcasts that are part of the Neonic family. Follow us on Twitter. Get ready for our handle because it's a long one. It's <laughs> at. <laughs> attacked. It's at T of the Gods. That's at the word T underscore. Of underscore the underscore <laughs> gods. The tea is hot there. At some point, I'm going to change it. I don't even know if I remember the password to get into it. Oh, I think I haven't oh. saved him in. I haven't saved on oh. my computer. Oh, or, I mean, yeah. So, <laughs> we'll work out. I swear I'm going to change. I swear. I swear. <laughs> Anyway, if you don't, so today, I will. <laughs> so today we're going to continue, continue on our journey through Egyptian mythology. So last time we did the creation story, the very weird creation story of the of the world according to the Egyptians, and now we're going to continue down our Tea of the Gods formula, and we're going to talk about. Uh, briefly about a bunch of the gods. Now, the Egyptians are not as, uh, how do I say it, as formatted as the Greeks. So there's a bunch of generations of the gods, and there's a bunch of different groups, and there are some gods that are like, I mean, there's a god that's a disc that we'll probably talk about at some point in the future. I mean, there were Maybe also mentioned. there are also some pharaohs who are considered gods. Pharaohs that were considered gods, actual deities, and there's a bunch of generations of like higher ones and lower ones and shit. And you're just like, 
there's a it's a bit of a clusterfuck a little bit a little bit a little bit um but we're gonna go over kind of the major ones that you'll probably will probably see mo- more of when we get to the stories uh, and of course if we go over any stories or whatnot that we didn't that has any gods that we haven't talked about we'll go in more detail with them as we talk about that story um but yeah so where would would we like to begin on I mean, we could talk about the big daddy himself oh big daddy raw well big daddy raw and the son but i mean like the next big daddy which is osiris oh osiris because we already technically talked about Ra. Ra was part of the creation story. The God of the Sun. Yes. Yeah. So With the yeah, two other got... deities. Uh, don't tell me their names. Don't tell me their names. Not Shu and Jeb? Um, no. Uh, Abtu and Annette. Oh, Abtu and Annette. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So. Osiris and his ass. So Osiris is, uh, of course, one of the more important uh, gods of Egyptian mythology. He is the god of the underworld, and he's also the symbol uh, symboliz- symbolized um, death, reincarnation, and the circle of the Nile floods that Egypt gets regularly. Uh, according to the myth, Osiris was a king of Egypt who was murdered and dismembered by his brother Seth. Seth. Uh, his wife, of course, Isis, resemble, um, reassembled and reincarnated him, allowing them to conceive a son, Horus, which we'll get into Horus in a few minutes, and he was represented as a mummified king wearing wrappings that left only green skin of his hands and face exposed. So we got the god of the underworld. Now, was Osiris the one that was based on an actual like pharaoh? I think he was, right? Um, I believe so. Hold on. I think it was Osiris that was actually a pharaoh. Give me like two seconds. <laughs> so, Osiris. Um. In the Old Kingdom, which is uh, 2686 to 2181 BC, uh, the pharaoh was considered a son of the uh, sun god Ra, who after his death ascended to join Ra in the sky. Um... Uh, duh, duh, duh. I'm trying to see. He's also associated with the I can't pronounce that word ep- epithet. Um, Kinti Amintu uh, Tiu, a meaning uh, foremost of the Westerners, a reference to his kingship in the land of the dead. Mm-hmm. Uh. Oh, 
hold on. I'm trying to see if there's more. It doesn't really say anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. what I am looking up. I know that there is there is a god that um is based off of the actual an actual pharaoh. pharaoh. Yeah, I just don't know. I just don't know if it's Osiris or not. But that's fine. We'll. we'll I'm sure once we find the information on which God is, we'll do a whole, we'll do a thing, an episode where that's part of it. So the next big deity on our list is Isis. And Isis is a little bit more obscure as far as her origins. Um, Unlike many gods, she can't be tied to a specific town, and there are no certain mentions of her in the earliest Egyptian literature. Over time, she grew in importance through eventually becoming the most important goddess in the pantheon, as a devoted wife to Osiris, the reincarnated Osiris, after his murder and raised their son together, uh, Horus, Isis embodied the traditional Egyptian virtues of a wife and a mother. As the wife and the god of the god of the underworld, Isis was also one of the main deities uh, considered with rights for the dead, along with her sister Nephis. Isis acts as a divine mourner and her um, maternal care was often depicted as extending to the dead. Wait, as extending to the dead in the underworld. Yeah. So uh, Isis was one of the last of the ancient Egyptian gods to still be worshipped in the, in the uh, Roman Jer- Jericho Roman period. She was identified with the uh, Greek goddess Aphrodite and her cult spread as far west as Great Britain and as far east as um, Afghanistan. Uh, it is believed that depictions of Isis with the infant Horus influenced Christian imagery of Mary and the infant Jesus, which will, uh, hmm, we're marking it down the calendar. We're doing a whole episode on the comparison with, uh, Horus and um, uh, the big the Jesus uh, big J big JC <laughs> uh, like JC. we did like we did with uh, Dionysus but that's to be determined but yes Osiris is a the mother of Horus as well as the wife of Osiris and a very big god and probably the most important goddess of the pantheon. Um, and she was identified with Aphrodite because I guess they're, I don't know why Aphrodite. I thought it would make more sense for Hera, but that's just me. I guess because Isis might be associated with beauty. Um, but, I mean, I can see the connection between her and Hera as well. Yeah, with motherhood and paternal mm-hmm. things and stuff. Because- I would have Hera been a better pick. But yeah, we want them so because you know she's a wife and a mourner, 
Um, she's, um, mother goddesses, you know, the mother of the goddesses, basically she's like the queen of them all. So you would think it would be Hera, but, uh, uh, let's see, oh my God. Their worship, let's see. In 323 to 330 BCE, when Egypt was ruled and settled by the Greeks, Isis was worshipped by the Greeks and Egyptians, along with the new god uh, Serapis. Their worship diffused into wider Mediter- into the wider Mediterranean world. Isis's Greek devotees ascribed to her traits taken from Greek deities, such as the invented invention of marriage and the protection of ships at sea and she retained strong links with Egypt and other Egyptian deities who were popular um, in the uh, Hellenistic world such as Osiris and uh, uh, Harpocrates Um, the the culture was absorbed by Rome in the first century uh, BCE and the cult of Isis became part of the Roman religion. Her devotees were a small proportion of the Roman Empire's uh, population and were found all across its territory. Her following developed distinctive festivals um, as well as initiation ceremonies resembling those of Greco-Roman uh, mystery cults. Some of her devotees said that she encompassed all feminine divine powers of the world. So, um, the worship of Isis ended with the rise of Christianity um, in the 4th through 6th centuries of um, um, they call it CE now, but it's uh, after Christ. Um, her worship may have influenced Christian beliefs and practices such as um, uh, Mary, uh, but the evidence for this is ambiguous and it's very controversial, obviously. Um, Isis continues to appear in Western culture, particularly in um, modern paganism, um, often the personification of nature or the feminine aspect of divinity. So I guess the feminine aspect of the, her divinity, that's where like Aphrodite comes in on why she's compared to her. But I don't really see her as like an effort. Like I said, I still see her more as like the Hera of the Egyptian gods than the Aphrodite. Because they, the Egyptian gods, I think they do have a goddess of love and beauty. I, I think they do. Maybe more of a connection to Aphrodite. But I mean, the femininity, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. <clears throat> so. Next up on our list is uh, the god similar to Dionysus. Jesus Christ. Their baby. Their baby, Horus, depicted as a falcon or as a man with a falcon's head. Horus is a uh, sky god associated with war and hunting. He also has the embodiment of divine kingship. And in some eras... The reigning king was considered to be a manifestation of Horus himself. According to Osiris' myth, Horus was the son that Isis and Osiris magically conceived after the murder of his father by his uncle, Seth. 
uh, Horus was uh, raised to avenge his father's murder. One tradition holds that Os- uh, Horus lost his left eye fighting Seth, but his eye was magically healed by the god Thoth. Uh, because the right and left eyes of Horus were associated respectively with the sun and the moon. The loss of the rep- uh, the restoration of Horus's left eye gave a mystical uh, explanation of the phases of the moon. Or the moon. Interesting. Oh, so he could, could be connected to uh, pride as well. Oh, D&D. <laughs> I think we've actually. What else you got? I think we've actually talked about the the court of eight, right? The um, like pride, wrath, and all them on here. Uh, briefly, but not like in depth. Oh, that's fair. Cause that that because that could be enough. Because uh, eventually, let's talk about medical. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. I would like to do a lore episode or two, a couple episodes on lore from Voidonica all on its own, but that's to be another episode entirely. Um, I might actually do that after we finish Egyptian mythology and like, Take a journey down. He's also related to Anubis. Horus? Mm-hmm. In what way? It says siblings Anubis. Oh. You're right. <laughs> I, thought were, I thought you were going to say something else than just siblings. Okay. No, Got it. No, they're just siblings. Um, the earliest recorded form of Horus is um, the deity of uh, Nekin in Upper Egypt, who is the first known national god, um, specifically related to the ruling pharaoh, who in time came to be regarded as the manifestation of Horus. There it is, in um, in life as uh, and Osiris's in and and Osiris in death. So he was a manifestation of Horus while he was alive, and then he represented Osiris in his death. So yes. Uh, we were both right and wrong <laughs> at the same time. Um, the most commonly encountered family relationship describes Horus as the son of Isis and Osiris, like we said before, and he plays a key role in Osiris's myth, which you talked about. Um, yep. Cla- uh, Claudius, um, uh, Alanius wrote that Egyptian gods, Egyptian called the god Apollo. Horus in their own language. So Horus is also related to Apollo. Um, however, I can kind of, I can kind of see that, I guess. Plutarch, Plutarch, I can't say that word. I'm sorry. I will butcher some names. Elaborating further on the same tradition reported by the Greeks, specified that one Horus, whom Egyptians equated with the Greek god Apollo was in fact Horus the Elder, who is distinct from Horus the son of Osiris and Isis. So, uh, let me see. I'm trying to see, because they say that he's related 
to Anubis. I just don't see how he's... How he's... What? What? Okay. So, between the, the fight between Set and Horus, um, Set lost a testicle. Did you say that? Seth lost a testicle? <laughs> yeah. In the struggle, Set had lost a testicle and Horus, Horus's eye was gauged out. Yeah. Um, so it looks like Anubis and Horus are half-brothers. There we go. Their fathers are Cyrus, but they each have different mothers. Uh, who happen to be sisters. Isis is the mother of Horus and Nymphis is the mother of Anubis. So Nymphis and Isis are, um, of course, we already talked about Isis. We haven't gotten the Nymphis yet, but yeah, that's how they're related is that Anubis and Horus are half uh, So Same father, different mommy. Um, adding on to um, stuff with Horus, the eye of Horus is um, what everybody recognizes whenever they, whenever like, Egyptian symbols get popped up because it's the little eye with like the eyebrow over it and then it has like Mm -hmm. the curl underneath and then a line that goes down as well um I probably butchered the description but like you kind of get a rough picture of what I'm talking about and it's a symbol of protection and royal power from deities um uh now, the first story we'll probably get into on this podcast will probably be the death of Osiris. Go in more detail with uh-huh. it. Because um, we don't want to spill all the tea. Because I actually want to I want to take a bunch of notes and make make this more of a tea-spilling session with the death of Osiris than a re- reciting the actual tale itself. Um, but, yeah. So, again, we're going to keep things a little, a little on the vague, so not going too much detail and stuff. Because, um, especially with the Osiris, yeah, since that probably be the first story we'll go over, because that's the most probably the most well known yeah. story. This is death. Yeah, I mean that was just like a little bit of tidbit information, like the the, no, like the eye of yet. the eye of Horus. Yeah, I didn't know that was a symbolism for protection. Mm-hmm. So, next up is the uncle. And the uncle in all this mess, because, you know, it's always a fucking uncle that decides to kill someone's father. Jealous bro- a jealous brother, Seth. He is the god of chaos, violence, deserts, and storms. And in the Osiris myth, he is the murderer of Osiris, of course. And in some versions of the myth, he tricks Osiris into laying down in a coffin and then seals it shut. Ooh, T. Seth's appearance poses as a problem for the uh, Egyptologist. Egyptologist. He's often de- Egyptologist. He's often depicted as an animal or as a human with the head of an animal. They can't figure out what animal he's supposed to be. He usually was a long snout and a and long ears, and that uh, that are squared at the tips. In his full animal form, he has a thin dog-like body and a straight tail, but tough at the end. Many scholars now believe that no such animal ever existed, and that Seth's animal is some sort of mystical um, composite, so like made-up animal. 
Because people get Seth and Anubis. So it's it's um I I always it's either so they either call him Seth for uh in Greek or Set or suit uh, or suit uh suit suit I can't pronounce that. I know it says it, but there's either Set or Seth depending on where you're reading. Um and I always growing up learning about about Egyptian gods um he has the head of a jackal yeah which I don't well, I don't know where they got that from like the the head of a jackal probably because there's no definite animal so the the consensus because when you look at images of like Seth it kind of looks like a canine so like oh it's we'll just throw a jackal on there well it- because, because you know, Anubis also has a head that's kind of similar to that. And that's why people was, always mix up yeah. Anubis and Set, because... Yeah, because Anubis literally has a head of a jackal. Yeah. The set is so ambiguous, they just slap a head of a jackal because they don't know what canine to put it put on there. Because all we know is that it's some canine-like creature, but they don't know exactly what it is or what it's supposed to be. So, there, say, here, I, I hear it says, in art, Set is usually depicted as an enigmatic uh, ign- creature, um, referred to by Egyptologists as the Set animal. Um, a beast not identified by any with any known animal, although it could be seen as resembling an aardvark, an African wild dog, a donkey, a hyena, a jackal, a pig, an antelope, a giraffe, an okapi, a saluki, or a fennec fox. That's all over the place. I know. I'm, I'm like, they all look different. <laughs> I mean, I could see an aardvark maybe because of the way that this, like the way that the face is shaped. Like the yeah. basic, like whenever you see him in like, like the art that, like the murals that they have carved out in in the in the stone, like he has a very elongated snout, like like an aardvark. So I can see that, but I I don't that so many different animals, and they're all shaped giraffe girl where <laughs> a pig, but where? a hyena where. Hyena, maybe. No, because hyenas have a very short snout. But even a hyena is a bit stretching out. At least that they're in the canine ballpark. That's fair. (laughs) But like hyena, I can get donkey, giraffe, where, where a fox. That's even more of a stretch than hyena. Oh, they're the babies. They're the little baby ones. They're tiny, tiny. It mainly Yeah, those are those are little ones. Like the where? little baby ones with the big ass ears. They're adorable and I love them. Yeah. So there's no definite like evidence on what animal he's supposed to be. Or if it's even real, if it's not just a construct of different animals to insinuate his evil nature or some shit. The Egyptians somewhere in the past are drawing stuff. Oh, they're kind of realizes it's this animal, right? Totally, totally. No, 
Just exactly. we have to just go back in time and like ask him what animal is he? What is he? What is he? <gasps> but yeah, Seth is the douchebag of that story. <laughs> Seth Sorry, excuse me. Seth or Set, depending on how you pronounce it. Set is a douchebag, period. Not Anubis. Period. Not Anubis. Anubis is a He good is boy. just doing his job. <laughs> he is not the bad yeah. guy. Period. Stop making him to be the bad guy. Freaking people in, in media. Like, stop it. He's not the bad guy. Do your research before you fucking make him into an evil god because he's not one. Oh, I mean, they do the same thing with Hades. Yeah, but Hades, Hades can be a douchebag. <laughs> he can be. I mean, Hades has only done one bad thing that I could tell. Because everything else, it was, his interactions with the mortals, he's fairly nice. That's fair. <laughs> but he kidnapped somebody. So... <laughs> yeah, you know, he's the guy that's probably the most unproblematic, but he did that's one true. problematic that's true. thing. And I'm not... And you know what? <laughs> Like I, yeah. <laughs> I can fault him on that, but like, anyway, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Anubis isn't the bad guy, and I will die on this hill. I'll die out there with you. He is not. He's a good boy. He does his job. <laughs> so next god on our list is I don't even know how to pronounce that. Ta, ta, pata. Do you pronounce the p? Um, let's find out. P-T-A-H. I'm terrible with this. Let's these. find out. Because I don't want to say pata, but I'm like, it might be pata. Um. Hello? Um, let's see. Oh, looks like it's ta. T-A. Ta. Yeah. I was right. Ta. So Ta is a uh, is the head of a triad of gods worshipped at Memphis. Not Memphis, Tennessee. Ow. Memphis, Egypt. <laughs> the other two members of said triad were his wife, the lion-headed goddess uh, Sekhmet. Yep. And the god... Uh, Nefertum. Nefertum? Mm-hmm. There. Who is who is the couple's son? Um, he is also regarded as the father of the stage Emotep. Yes, Emotep. Uh, Ta's or uh, original uh, association seems to have been with craftsmen and builders. The fourth dynasty, um, yeah, Emotep was defined at was uh defecate. Defied after his death. Defied is, yeah, defied after his death by his son. Uh, See, scholars have suggested the Greek word, uh, Aegyptus. Aegyptus. The source of the name Egypt may have started as a corruption of Hutkata. Ta, the name of one of Ta's shrines. Uh, let's see, because I have more on him here. Um, 
Um, there's a hymn to Ta dating to the 22nd dynasty of Egypt that says that Ta crafted the world in the design of his heart. Um, and that Ta gave life to all of the gods and their cause as well through his heart and his tongue. Uh, let's see. Interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to find. The cult of the god Ta quickly spread throughout Egypt. Um, with major royal projects of the old kingdom, the high priestesses, the high priestess of Ta were particularly sought after and worked in concert with the vizier. Filling the role of chief architects and master. He. He is. Hold on. I have to think about it for a second. He's the god of masonry. Yeah. He's the god of. Uh... God. What the fuck is it called? Not masonry. There's another one. Carpentry. He's the god of carpentry, Devin. Basically, with craftsmen and builders. Yeah. Uh-huh. Who is also connected to... The big JC. Oh. Wow. Remember, mm. remember the reference in um, Thor... Oh, look, mm. it's a god of carpentry. So next up on our list, because I don't want to touch that right now, because <laughs> I will go on a rant. You got Re, R-E, Ray, Re, one of the several deities identified with the sun. The god Re was usually represented with a human body and a head of a hawk. It was believed that he sailed across the sky in a boat. Wait. Is this raw? This isn't raw. Is this raw? It was believed that he sailed across the sky in a boat each day and then had yeah. made a passage it's, through the underworld it's each raw. night. It's raw. <laughs> Why is it R-E? I don't know. Like, it's literally like, if you look at the head, it's raw. raw because Hello. because the story of Ra is like so he he is the sun god right so he's getting pulled by his yes. uh, by oh god what the fuck are their names see now I forgot them uh up to and Annette they get he gets pulled by them through oh, he gets right. pulled by them um. Uh, through the the waters of Nun, and um, yeah. whenever it gets turns nighttime, that's whenever he fights the the things of the underworld. And then, whenever the sun rises again, that means that he has succeeded in slaying uh, the things of the underworld, so that you could see the day again, so that the sun could rise again. So every time the sun you're right, yeah. that's wrong. So it's basically, I don't know why they put Re there. <laughs> there. So it's raw. All right, so we got raw, big cheese. Next, God is a goddess, and it's 
I would say that. Hathor? 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 Uh, she is the goddess that was usually depicted as a cow, as a woman with the head of a cow, or as a woman with cow ears. Hathor embodied motherhood and fertility. It was believed that she protected women in childbirth. She also had an important... Uh, what? How do you say that word? Important. Hold up. Funerary. Funerary aspect, being known as the Lady of the West, tombs were generally built on the west bank of the Nile. In some traditions, she would welcome uh, the setting sun every night. Living people hoped to be welcomed to the afterlife in the same way. So she is another goddess of childbirth and uh, welcomes the dead. So hold on. And she's a goddess of fertility. See, this is the one I did. I thought that'd be more like, I guess, a little more like Aphrodite. Yeah, but unquote. if she's the goddess of childbirth, but she's also the goddess of fertility. Okay, um, that's not what her name is. Sorry, I'm looking up another goddess of. For, of childbirth, but this is not who I thought of. I was thinking of Athena because she helped give birth to um her brother, right? I'm getting that right. And whenever I was studying yes. her in middle school, because that was the goddess that I was assigned to whenever we were reading Percy Jackson. Um, God, that that shows how old I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but Athena isn't a, isn't a goddess of childbirth, though. But that's what whenever I was learning about her, that's what they said that she was was that she was that she represented like even though she was a virgin goddess, like she represented childbirth because of the fact that she helped give birth to her brother. But. I digress. Um, the, she has connections with uh, the goddess e uh, Easter as well. Because Easter is the goddess of fertility. Easter? Oh, the German? Germanic god is? The one that... Okay, I can, I can the get one behind that, that you know, Easter... The symbolism of the rabbit and the egg. Came yep, from? you yeah. know the 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 religion that well the celebration that that got taken over by a different religion, by a well known one of today uh, Christianity. Yeah, so to get rid of the pagan um, religion, they they put their celebration instead and tried to erase it. But um, no, nope, oh. she's still around. Pagans are still here. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> that's another tea. That's another. That's another part of tea. 
No tea for another day. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be so much. God, the there's going to be so much tea. tea. Y'all ain't ready for when I decided, when we decided to do Christianity, y'all ain't ready. <laughs> y'all ain't going to be ready because I'm not even going to be ready. <laughs> oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Imagine. I've been ready since I was a teenager. I'm so ready for this. I took I took comparative <laughs> religion for a fucking reason, and it's this going to be this upcoming episode. That and because I really loved my history teacher, she was my world history teacher. And when I found out that she did comparative religion for senior year, I went to her class for senior year as well, because I loved my world history teacher. <laughs> she was great. Okay, so. Um, she's also known as the solar deity. I don't know if you said anything about that. Okay, no, so, um, she is a solar deity, a feminine counterpart to the sun goddess, um, to the sun gods, um, such as Horus and Ra. Um, I mean, she is the daughter yeah. of Ra. After um, she is commonly called the golden one. Um, mm-hmm. She is sometimes fused with another goddess, uh, Nebetepet. Oof. I can say other ones, but I can't say that. Um, Whose name can uh, mean Lady of the Offering, uh, Lady of the Contentment, uh, Lady of the Vulva. Lady of the Vulva. Ooh! Ooh! We get spicy. Uh, (laughs) Spicy. Um, Hathor, uh, Nebetepet, um, was worshipped as, um, the Heli, uh, Heliopolis's, um, consort. And, uh, the, uh, Egypt, there was an Egyptologist by the name of Rudolph, um, that argued that Hathor's name referred to the mythical house of Horus, um, that was connected to the, the ideological ology of kingship she's one of many goddesses that take the role of the eye of Ra um mm-hmm. she she's basically like the goddess of like sexuality childbirth femininity she is whenever whenever we anybody says queen icon legend this is who we're referring to is this woman right here because she's the one who represents Everything feminine. Period. Which is I really ironic since she's depicted as a cow. So tell me how that is. <laughs> well, I mean... um, her most common form is of a woman wearing a headdress of cow horns, and in between the cow horns, what the cow horns are holding up a sun disc. But she can also be represented as a lioness, a cobra, or a sycamore tree. Interesting. So that's pretty cool. So, so there's her. <gasps> my boy, my sweet boy. Next up is uh, Tiff's, uh, not Tiff, um, housekeeper's favorite, my sweet boy. boy, Anubis. <laughs> Anubis was considered considered with funeral practices and oh funeral practices in the care of the dead. He was usually represented as a jackal or as a man with a head of a jackal. The association of jackals with death and funerals likely arose from because the Egyptians would have observed jackals scavenging for scavenging around um, cemeteries. 
from the Old Kingdom, which is uh, 2575 to 2130 BCE, before Osiris rose to prominence as the Lord of the Underworld, Anubis was considered a, the physical god of the dead. According to the Osiris myth, Anubis embalmed and wrapped the body of the murder king, becoming the patron god of embalmers. And he's also the one that decides where you go. He weighs how okay, you probably know more about this than I do. He weigh he weighs your heart with against a feather. And if your heart is heavier than the feather, you don't go, you go to a man, uh, right? so which is the other way around. Uh, it's uh if the soul is heavier than the feather, you uh your soul will be devoured by a bit. Um, if it's lighter than the feather, then you would ascend into basically their version of heaven. He's also like the guide of souls. So he's basically like Egypt's version of um, Chiron. Mm-hmm. So um, he guides individuals across the threshold um, from the world of a living to the afterlife. Um there was though there is a similar role sometimes performed by Hathor. Um Anubis is more commonly chosen to fulfill it. Uh Greek writers from the Roman period of Egyptian uh history designated that role um as that of the psychopomp, a Greek term meaning the guide of souls. Uh they used to refer to their own god Hermes. That's kind of weird, though, because Hermes isn't really one to guide their soul. Really? Yes, he is. He he's a god associated with the underworld. In, uh, in I use yes. He's a lesser no, he's a lesser known deity, no associated with the underworld. But yes, he is associated. In some see, sense I see to him more as like I learned more of him as like the messenger. He's a messenger of the gods. Yes, he is, but he's also but he is associated with the underworld in a very lesser known sense because it's not very prominent that because when most people think of Hermes, you think of the messenger yeah. god or the god of um, thieves and travelers and stuff. But yes, he, on the lesser known side of things, he is associated oh, okay. with the underworld because he can co- he can come and go as he pleases. Now, I don't think I don't remember. I have to look back at the episode because I think I did talk about it in more detail. I think you did on how he's associated with the underworld. But I think he, I don't think he necessarily guides the dead to the underworld or he guides them to the entrance of the underworld. And then, um, uh, what's the guy, the guy, what's his face? Chiron takes care of the rest. I don't remember. I think, don't quote me on this because the fast past has will probably prove me wrong. <laughs> I think he leads the souls to the underworld itself, and then Chiron takes care of the rest. Oh, you I you think. know what? Now that now that. that you're saying that, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw in uh, a a little bit of a uh, pop culture here for a minute. Uh, so I've been playing more of the game Hades, and it, there is kind of mention of like he doesn't talk about it that much because usually whenever you talk to Chiron I'm sorry not Chiron um Hermes he's like hey so um you're kind of going so there so here's a little something to help you out and like he like gives you like a boon um but every once in a while he's just like oh yeah so like you you you're your buddies with my co-worker Chiron aren't you like and like he'll kind of mention it every once in a while that he does work alongside Chiron so 
I just looked it up. Yeah, he's a herald and personal messenger of Zeus, of course. He also guides the dead, guides uh, the guide of the dead who leads the souls down to the underworld. Yeah, I was right. Yeah, he leads into Chiron and Chiron. Not gonna lie though, but my favorite rendition of Hermes is the one from Disney's Hercules. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's like go, 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 God, babe. Like he's so gay coded, and I love him for it. Gone, babe. <laughs> and then, like, he just beats the fuck out of panic and pain. Oh, anyway, so um, he is also the protector of tombs. So uh, he was known as the protector of graves and cemeteries. Um, several. So, if you ever were to dis deface a tomb or a grave, a new business gonna be coming knocking at your door. You're like, um, excuse can. me. Bet. <laughs> I saw what she did. <laughs> But you thought. I was like, I know what you did last summer. <laughs> um, Damn. Uh, several things that are attached to his name in Egyptian texts and inscriptions refer to that role. Um, uh, Kinti Amintu, uh, which means foremost of the Westerners, um, is also the name of a different canine funerary god. Um, uh, and then, of course, he's also known as the embalmer, which you've talked about. Um, he is associated with mummification. Um, Anubis helped Isis to embalm Osiris. And uh, da, 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 da. Anubis became the patron god of embalmers during the rites of mummification. I think whenever... Like you see, like the little like jars of where they put like the innards. I think they're actually there's one with like Osiris's head. There's one with like um, Anubis's head, and um, yes. other gods as well. I just I don't remember all of their. I have to look. So there's one with a Moment hawk or a falcon head. One with a human head. One with a jackal, and then Jars. oh god, I can't remember. So I used to work at a museum that has that has these on display, and I think that's it. Human hawk. Okay, I got falcon. it. I got it. Oh, right. Human hawk and. Uh, yeah. Jackal. So let me see. Let me see. So there, yeah. There's a human. Um. It looks like a hawk, a jackal, and then I don't know what the fuck that one is. What is that? Oh my god! What is that? <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so there's the oh, jackal-headed uh. dog representing the east. Um, mm-hmm. Why are they only talking about three of them? Uh, the baboon head, the happy, the baboon-headed god. Um, uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Dua, Dua Mutef, the jackal-headed god representing the east. Um, Imseti, the human-headed god representing the south, and I don't know how to freaking pronounce that word. The falcon-headed god representing the west. I'm gonna spell it out. So it's Q-E-B-E-H-S-E-N-U-E-F. I have no idea how to begin to pronounce that. Um, it my mind yeah. went what? 
Yeah, I looked at it like, what the fuck is that? Um, So it translates roughly into he who refreshes his brothers. Um, He's one of the four sons of Horus. I did not know that. The more you know. Anyway. Oh, and also Anubis (laughs) is actually his Greek name. Anubis what is a fuck? Greek rendering of this god's name. The other, his What's actual, his actual name, name. I just read it. It's um uh, Dua, Dua, Is that him? Also known as Inpu Impa. Anpu? It's A N P U. But yeah, it's the ancient Greek that. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Translate it to Anubis. So Anubis isn't actually his real name. Okay, so that's Anubis, the best what? boy. Does his job. Oh, never mind. I was looking at the symbol because they have a little section here that says symbol and it says mummy gauze, uh, fetish, and then jackal flail. And I was like, what? But an Imuit fetish um, is a religious object that has been, it's, it's, a, it's a thing that they hold. I was like, hello? Yeah. So next god on our list is Thoth, uh, the god of writing and wisdom. Uh, could be depicted with the uh, in the form of a baboon or a sacred uh, ibis, or a man with the head of a ibis. What's an ibis? It's what a type ibis? of bird. Bird. Oh, Ibis. Okay. Yes, it's a, it's this damn bird. Okay, I got it. Uh, <clears throat> um, he, it was believed to have invented language and the script that they use, the hieroglyphic. Hier, eh, hieroglyphic? Yes, that. And served as a scribe and advisor of the gods. As the god of wisdom, Thoth was said to possess knowledge of magic and secrets unavailable to other gods. In the underworld, scenes showing the judgment undergone by the deceased after their deaths, Thoth is depicted as weighing the hearts of the deceased and reporting the verdict to Osiris, the god of the dead. One sec. Okay. Sorry, I couldn't breathe. I have very bad allergies today, y'all. <laughs> so it's hard for me to breathe. Mm. Let me see. Mm. 
There's really not much else known about him. He's the god of the moon, wisdom, writing, hieroglyphics, science, magic, art, and judgment. He is the Greek equivalent of Hermes. I guess so. Also? I guess that makes sense in a way, yeah. Because I was I was thinking oh. that too. So that's I mean that's pretty mm. much the point with Thoth. There's really not much else known to him. Next Yeah, mm. I mean it's kinda of straight to the point there. So next up is Bastet. In her earliest forms, the cat goddess Bastet was represented as a woman with the head of a lion or a wild cat. She took on less feline uh Next, less of a feline form of a domestic, oh, ferocious, sorry, ferocious form of a domestic cat in the first millennium BCE. In later periods, it was often represented as a regal looking uh, seated cat, sometimes wearing rings in ears or nose. In the Ptolemaic period, she came to be represented by the Greek goddess Artemis. The divine hunter and the goddess of the moon. Yeah. I mean, that kind of yeah. makes sense. Yep. The best at. Um, yes, because it also says here, um, where did it go? Uh, man, I just read it. Where the fridge did it go? Best at was also. A goddess of pregnancy and childbirth, possibly because of the fertility of the domestic cat. She's also depicted as the goddess of protection against contagious diseases and evil spirits. Um, she first appeared in the third millennium BCE. Um, um, where she is depicted as either a fierce lioness or a woman with a head. Of a lioness. 2,000 years later, in the third intermediate, intermediate period of Egypt, that's 1070 to um, 712 BC. Damn. Damn. That's a long time. Um, Beset began to be depicted as a domestic cat or a cat headed woman. Um, Uh, obviously, we all know that cats in Egypt were highly revered due partly to their ability to combat vermin like mice and rats and snakes and cobras. Well, especially cobras. Um, I'm trying to read up on a lot of stuff. Hold on. like I'm like scanning through a lot. Uh, Meset was also regarded as a good mother and sometimes was depicted with numerous kittens. Uh, the native Egyptian rulers were replaced by Greeks during the occupation of ancient Egypt. Um, and uh, the Greeks sometimes equated Meset with one of their goddesses, which you said is Artemis. Uh, 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 uh. There's really not much else to her. Got it. So, last god on said list. That, well, not There's last so god, because there are plenty, so many, many more. 
Um, but nonetheless, um, last guy we're going to go over today. And again, if you don't mention any gods, certain gods that we talk about stories, we'll go in detail on those gods just, on those episodes. But this is 11 gods. Just um, add God us. God knows how many. They can we add us. here all day. Tag us. Just tweet yeah. at us, man. <laughs> yeah, but like, well, I want to hear yes. more about this God. We'll be like, okay, let's go. Bet. So before, uh, so, oh, the God, Amon. Uh, before rising to national importance in the New Kingdom, which is 1539 to 1292 BCE, the God Amon was worshipped locally in the southern city of Thebes. 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 Wait, isn't that a... Isn't that a... Hold up. Thebes. Where is... Oh. Oh. Weird. Thebes. Mom was the god of the air, and name uh, means the hidden one. He was usually represented as a man wearing a crown with two vertical plums. His animal symbol was were the ram and the goose. Uh, Follow the goose. <laughs> I can't. After the rulers of uh, Thebes um, rebel, rebelled against the, a dynasty of foreign rulers known as Hycostos. Where are you at? Where are you? I at? butchered that. At the very bottom. Oh, uh, like, uh, he calls, he, 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 I can't say it either. H-Y-K-S-O-S. And, yeah, and reestablished uh, the native Egyptian rule without, e- throughout Egypt. Amon um, received credit for their victory and a form merged with the god Ra. He became the most powerful deity in Egypt, a position he retained for most of the New Kingdom. Today, a massive temple co- uh, complex devoted to Amon, Amon Ra at Karnak is one of the most visited monuments. So, guess what his uh, gr- Greek equivalent is? Yeah. This? What do you mean? Yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. let's see. Stuff that you have it. The god of wind, a moon, uh, which is the sky, <laughs> came to be identified with the solar god Ra and the god of fertility and creation, Min, so that a moon Ra had the main characteristics of a solar god, creator god, and fertility god. He also adapted the aspect of the ram uh, from Nubian solar god, besides a numerous titles and aspects. There's literally like a moon, a uh, new kingdom, and then a moon post um, Amarna, and then a moon Ra, and then a moon Min. Um... Uh, So, I'm trying to, like, find everything. (laughs) Um, Amun was also worshipped by the Greeks as Ammon, 
Uh, he had a temple and a statue um, in uh, Pindar uh, at Thebes, and then another at Sparta. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Alexander the Great uh, journeyed journeyed to one of the things after a battle during his occupation where he was declared um, the metaphorical son of Amun uh, by the oracle. Uh, mm-hmm. oh. Let's see. During the third intermediate period, um, well, it wasn't really regarded as a dynasty. There were high priestesses of a moon in Thebes. Um, the decline of of his worship was in the in tenth century B, uh, BC. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to read. Um, Um, the overwhelming dominance of Amun all over Egypt gradually began to decline. However, his worship continued unbated, especially under um, the Nubian tw- uh, 25th dynasty of Egypt, as Amun uh, was uh, by now seen as the national guard of Nubia. Um, there is a temple of Amun um, founded during the New Kingdom. Um, and it came to be the center of the religious ideology of the kingdom of Kush. Um, he was also around during uh, the Iron Age. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see years. Like 3rd century BC. And... Like first century AD, like like his worship's probably been there for a good minute. I can't see when the last mm-hmm. like year he was really worshipped. I can't find it. <laughs> wow. So. One of the depictions that they found in a tomb or a temple, um, it it has a penis. (laughs) It just sticking out. I mean, like, yeah, that's a lot of their depictions, but like, yeah, there it is. Oop. So that's it for Amon. Amon. Oh. Okay. Um. Can I go over some lesser gods? Because I'm looking at a different list. We got. Um. <laughs> oh God. Uh. Hoppy, 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 H A P I. If I could fucking spell, I promise I know how to spell. 
Well, I shouldn't say lesser, but this is all, this is on another list. So you got the happy was not the god of the river Nile, but of its in Dej associate with it, I guess. He is represented as a pot-bellied man with breasts and a headdress made of aquatic plants. He was thought to live in the caves of the first cataract, uh, and his cult centered was at Aswan. It's an interesting. That's an interesting god. The picture of a god, I guess. Kind of fast round here, and then we got. Uh, Haman, which is K-H-N-U-M. He's depicted as a ram-head god. He was a god of a potter potter and a creator god and was guarded, who guarded the source of the Nile. His... Uh, Uh, There's Sobek. Mm -hmm. He's um, depicted... The crocodile head. Crocodile head. Been known to take women from their husbands. Yeah. Then you've got Nephis, which we briefly talked about. Daughter of Jeb and Nut and sister Isis. Wife of Seth and mother of Anubis. Uh, Nephis is depicted as a woman with hieroglyphics for a palace and Neb, a basket on her head. She is thus known as the Lady of Mansions or Palace. Nymphus was disgusted by Seth's murder of Osiris and helped her sister Isis against her husband. Together with Isis, she was a protector of the dead, and they are often shown together on coffin cases with winged arms. She seems to have no temple or cult centered on her. Then you've got uh, Tefna. Tefna is the wife of of Shu, the mother of Nut and Jeb. She and her husband were the first gods created by Atom. Uh, she was the goddess of moisture. Or we talked damp about. Air. We talked about uh, during the her during the the yeah story of creation. creation. She has a lion head. Um, I think he's only in the creatures via, but there's Bess is represented full, fa- full yeah, face rather I than think a profile. He is in the creature one. He's a guardian of childbirth. Yes, he is. And chased away demons at night. <laughs> interesting, interesting. So, ladies and gents, that is today. Today's episode on a brief overview of the Egyptian gods or the major ones. Again, if we didn't go over a certain god, don't you worry, because if you come across them in a story, we will go th- we'll go over them in de- more detail when that comes. Next week, we'll be going over the a lot of the cre- some of the creatures we'll be coming across during these stories of Egyptian mythology. So look forward to that. Until then, catch y'all next time. Bye. Bye. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. 
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.